This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA exam prep program. The TSM NCA prep program offers internationally trained lawyers courses taught by practicing lawyers in Canada, expertly designed study guides, exclusive networking opportunities with top Canadian law firms, and employability sessions, arming you with all the tools you need in order to hit the ground running in your pursuit to practicing law in Canada. To find out more about the program, you can email ncaprep at torontosom.ca. Welcome to A Shot of Life, a podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada, taking a snapshot of the person behind their professional title. I'm your host, Anton Haswell, and this is episode 15 of our National Committee on Accreditation Journey series. Our 15th guest is Lisa Dancer. Lisa is the founder of Law Job Exchange, Canada's first and only online legal career community of over 12,000 lawyers, law students, and legal professionals across Canada. Through her latest endeavor, LegalCareerCoach.ca, she coaches lawyers and law students at every stage of their career to connect or reconnect with their passion for the law under their own terms. She has made it her mission to help legal professionals reach their full potential and accompany them on their career journey every step of the way. Having graduated from the Civil Law Faculty at the University of Ottawa in 2014, Litsa fiercely promotes careers outside of the traditional legal realm as a real option for law graduates. Outside of her work with Law Job Exchange and LegalCareerCoach.ca, Litsa works in recruitment and HR at Shopify and enjoys chasing after her two young boys, and two rambunctious wiener dogs. Hi, Lisa. Hello, how's it going? Very good, very good. Thank you for uh, for agreeing to be on the podcast today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I've managed to speak to um, quite a few internationally trained lawyers and one other domestically trained lawyer who's got a unique influence in the NCA and internationally trained lawyer space in Canada. And Lisa, for those who don't know, Lisa, you're domestically trained. Yes. Um, but non-practicing, correct? Exactly. That's right. right. So yeah. a really, really interesting path to where you are now. But I think for everybody's benefit, it might be really good to know, sort of get an idea of who you are, like, where are you from? What inspired you to get into study law? And where did you study? How was that experience? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my so I'm originally from Montreal, Um, grew up in a very Greek family. So my parents are immigrants from Greece. And uh, my dad always wanted to be a lawyer, but unfortunately, you know, was not able to pursue that. So from a very young age, brainwashed me (laughs) into Mm -hmm. pursuing law. Um, People would ask me, you know, hey, um, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was three years old saying I wanted to be a lawyer without knowing kind of what uh, that exactly right. meant. Yeah. Um, but later on, after having worked uh, for a number of years in the music industry, actually, mm-hmm. uh, I, I realized and saw around me that a lot of artists were being exploited um, through, you know, terrible contracts, 
uh, just terrible arrangements where, you know, their copyright was exploited, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that actually, yeah, this lawyer thing uh, sounds like a good idea. My dad was right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And after a number of years working, like I said, in the music business, I applied to law school um, to, with the intent of helping Uh, artists. So my goal was, I'll go to law school, and then I will start my own uh, firm just to help anybody that needs it in the in the artistic kind of space. So Mm. uh, yeah, so then I I decided to come to to you Ottawa, just because I wanted to change my environment a little bit, having grown up in Montreal, Mm. all of my life. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to change cities and check out something new. And uh, that's how I ended up uh, in Ottawa. Um, quickly realized that, uh, you know, entertainment law was basically, you know, corporate commercial (laughs) contracts, uh, didn't like, I thought there'd be a class or something, you know, I didn't really research, uh, too much. Right. Uh, And specifically at U Ottawa, there really was nothing like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just realized maybe the best thing to do was to focus on uh, honing those skills Mm -hmm. and getting better there. Uh, but, um, twist of fate, uh, is, um, I, in law school, I mean, I looked around and I realized that everybody wanted to work in these, you know, large firms. That, right. that was the goal. That was not my goal uh, when I entered. Uh, and I wanted to kind of showcase to other students that, hey, there are other opportunities outside of these firms that you're hearing about in law school. Right. So, you know, that's kind of um, how I ended up switching paths um, and starting uh, Law Job Exchange. We mm-hmm. kind of stop there. But uh, that, that's, that's where all the, the magic started. <laughs> right. <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. That, and that's, uh, it's interesting. Like, you know, when you're, I guess you would have had to have a natural interest or in music to want to get involved in that, in that space. Was that? Was that the case or was it just sort of fighting for the rights of the artist? Yeah. So I, uh, yes, I, from a very young age, from the age of, uh, I'd say maybe 10 or yeah, around 10 years old, uh, I, all I wanted to do was to be a songwriter and, uh, and a musician, a singer. Right. And so I, my parents, uh, my grandparents specifically were just very supportive and I dragged them around to auditions and things I would find in, you know, uh, uh-huh. in ads in the newspaper, if you remember those. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> the penny would, uh, saver, yeah. I would highlight and say, look, there's an audition in the middle uh-huh. of nowhere. Take me there. And my grandparents were like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what yeah. is wrong with her? And so, yes, I was very involved in the music business from a young age, just really wanted to, um, my dream was really to write songs for other people or even mm-hmm. myself to become a performer. So I pursued that for a while. I did like some crazy internships in New York and all this stuff. Um, and then I realized I really enjoyed the business side. So mm. that's kind of why um, I ended up working for a actually a touchscreen uh, jukebox maker <laughs> wow. um, in, in Montreal. And I worked on their publishing and royalties side. So I got to interact quite a bit with um, the different record labels and publishers, you know, that I dreamed of uh, mm-hmm. one day signing with, right, which was um, interesting. But in, in that case, that's when I started to be exposed to the types of contracts. Um, that are created to uh, secure music for these platforms. This is like very early on streaming (laughs) in the sense of before streaming was cool. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And it was very, it was a lot more kind of hardware based and stuff. But uh, yeah, so yes, I was very involved in music and that's kind of what opened uh, the path, I think, for uh, incorporating law as well. Yeah, and so I think that's interesting. So like we we established sort of, if I'm, 
doing one of those really quick fast forwards of Lisa's life kind of, you know, there she is, she's auditioning. And then she, <laughs> she discovers sort of the business side and the industry. And then, you know, the, the idea of contracts and how that binds the musician or the artist to certain things that sort of inhibit their abilities to grow or prosper in some ways. And so then you get really inspired, right, to yeah. to pursue law and to to help the underprivileged or the underserved, because a lot of times what happens, right? Like, you know, I can imagine yeah. an agent like somebody from Entourage comes in and says, hey, man, you're, you're great. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll push you right to the top. So so there you are. You're in law school. And then you discover, you know, uh, you know, there's no sort of entertainment law course here. So I guess I'm going to have <laughs> no. to just. Yeah, sit down and okay, contracts, okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but in in that in, in that experience in law school at the University of Ottawa, you start to really start to develop an interest or a passion for what you're currently doing, right? Yeah. And that I guess that started first with the inception of Law Job Exchange. That's right. Yeah. Uh so basically you know, my colleagues or my peers would, would ask me, hey, Lisa, how do you find these great jobs you had? So I always mm-hmm. had very interesting jobs through law school. I worked all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would say, how do you find them? I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess I'm just very good at research. I don't know. Right. I just you know, call people. I hustle. Uh, yeah. And so I thought, well, you know, I always see these jobs posted. Uh, maybe I could just share them with peers. And that was really the beginning. It was just sharing jobs that I found that were kind of off the beaten path, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't, you know, um, in in well-known, you know, national firms. They were mostly in like startups or uh, charities or not-for-profits, and that's really how it all began, uh, with no intention of, you know, me kind of making this a, a career or anything like that right. at all. Yeah, no, I, I think that's. It's interesting. Everybody sort of has a knack. I mean, if listeners haven't found theirs yet, fair enough, but you will, right? And and Lisa, it sounds like your yeah. knack was to, you know, sift out the kind of mundane job opportunities and find the really interesting <laughs> ones. And um, and we'll get into it, I guess, a little bit further, but I can only imagine that nowadays with the infusion of tech in the industry, mm-hmm. you know, with AI, smart contracts, uh, multidisciplinary practices, where you fuse law with, you know, I saw a family practice that had law and counseling or therapy sessions sort of under the same shingle, which was interesting to me. And um, so I I wonder, I mean, yeah, I suppose maybe speak to a little bit about what those cool opportunities are, because you hear about it, especially with the Canadian grads. I think if I'm speaking to an internationally trained lawyer audience, um, they think of the Canadian grads as people who are on Bay Street and they all get into Bay Street. They all do that. And so my job is to find something somewhere else, which can be true and cannot be true. But I wonder, what are those other jobs like? What And maybe speak to the industry and maybe how you find it to be maybe changing or evolving. Definitely. I mean, like, I think when I first started this whole venture, uh, most of the jobs that I posted were, you know, in firm, I'd have mm-hmm. to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Some were in startups, some were uh, some were in not-for-profits. That was kind of the, the norm. Now you're seeing kind of new titles created within mm-hmm. organizations where you're required to be a lawyer, but you're not necessarily legal counsel, right? Um, so for instance, in compliance, regulatory yes. compliance, yep. that's a huge one. Data and privacy, right? Um, privacy is a humongous part of every business, especially in tech. 
uh, and it's starting to really take off. So, you know, to, to the listeners, if it's if you're interested in data and privacy, I would urge you to really take it seriously if it's a path that you're you're interested in, because almost every company is like, we don't have enough people that know what yeah. they're doing in this area. So it's uh, it's an interesting uh, space to dive into as well for for someone with a legal background. And to be honest, in most cases, like you know, this is you don't even need to be called to the bar. You just have to have that legal background uh, mm-hmm. to understand how things work. Um, but the call to the bar is a bonus, right? If you have yeah. it, great. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other side, like you said, is AI and legal tech. Legal tech um, companies like Clio who create, you know platforms for lawyers to be able to practice uh, in an effective and f- efficient way. Uh, they hire lawyers as well, right? And not necessarily to uh, advise on contracts or to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to analyze um, legal uh, issues. It's more, again, it could be on the compliance or data privacy side. So there's really kind of a wide range of opportunities opening up. One of the things that I always tell people is, you know, if you don't see anything out there, there probably is some small startup with one legal counsel that's struggling (laughs) because they're doing all the work. Um, And you may be kind of like that angel they were looking for if you reach out. So um, that's another another angle for sure. If tech is, you know, what you want or you're interested in, like, don't wait for things to be posted. Just find, you know, the the companies you're interested in and, and start reaching out. And so there's just so many more avenues than when I was in law school, to be yeah, honest, yeah. Um, that it's, it's quite exciting. It's, ex- it's an exciting time to be, uh, to have these qualifications. Yeah. And I think uh, there are a lot of like, I can only imagine if there were cool opportunities back when you're in law school, as if that was forever ago, it definitely wasn't, but <laughs> it, it I guess. Was, it was a while back anyway. <laughs> it speaks to uh, how quickly things are changing in the industry. And I guess in, in the, um, in the international economy and marketplace just mm-hmm. in general. But um, if there were cool jobs back then, there are really, really cool jobs now. And I guess what I'm getting to is the traditional idea of what a lawyer is or what mm-hmm. somebody with legal education has to do. You know, okay. I use, I, I say the word has, and I'm, I'm putting air quotes around it because that has changed. Like my uncle went to law school at the University of Toronto. You know, and he finished second in his class and then he worked for Imperial Oil for, you know, his whole legal career. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was one of those very sort of white collar step by step. This is what you do. You golf on the weekends kind of career. And he hated it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just going to (laughs) say. He told told me like, and you get, you know, there's these nice things like, you know, pay for your kids education and whatever. But he, when I told him that I was going to go to the UK for law, because I didn't know what I was going to do, um, he said, don't do it. Um, and I, I think I understood when he said that, that that meant my experience being, you know, in corporate law, in what you would define as sort of a very traditional position as a lawyer, if you thought about, if you didn't know anything about law and pictured a lawyer, he would be it kind of thing. Right. Um, and he didn't like it. You know, it didn't, ju- it, it didn't, he didn't get inspired by it. And I think it's it's encouraging for me to hear from you, you know, and we can speak about, you know, legal career coach too, but the law job exchange, and I see it on Facebook, and I'll, I'll provide a link in the in the info of this podcast too to that Facebook page. But there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of collaboration 
being done that just didn't exist many years ago. Right, right. And the, the one thing I did want to point as well is, you know, even the traditional lawyer working in a law firm, right, is, mm. is you know, they're challenging things like billable hours, right? Mm. Now we're, we're seeing different fee structures. Um, and that in itself is like a revolution <laughs> in the legal industry. So yeah, you're seeing the changes in kind of every aspect of, of the practice, whether it's in-house or private practice or kind of any other combination of that. Right. So um, I'm curious, and I think this is a nice sort of, I, I guess, and I can kind of see now it makes sense, like where, where, you, where you've ended up, you know, we can speak about your positions at Shopify, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. But, but also, um, if you're providing um, opportunity, or if you're providing links or saying, hey, look, there's this opportunity in, I don't know, Victoria, British Columbia for this mm-hmm. kind of professional. Um, I'm interested also in the other side of the business, and I'm sure internationally trained lawyers especially are interested in um, what can they do to market themselves, build their brand and get these cool jobs? Like, how would you advise for me? First of all, do you have experience with internationally trained lawyers in the job market for, for legal, um, legal work or, or anything like that? And then secondarily to that, um, what advice do you normally give internationally trained lawyers? Yes. So I, when I was, I think uh, when I was in law school, I'm going to be super fully honest with you. I was very naive and I at first had no idea that there was this whole other uh, group of people who were trying to access the profession. So mm-hmm. that was my reality at the time. Uh, and then slowly with Law Job Exchange, I discovered this group of people who were extremely talented, mm-hmm. highly educated, right? Sometimes more educated than, you know, any of us uh, in, in at U Ottawa and who were, um, you know, struggling. So that actually sparked an interest for me to figure out, okay, what's the issue here? What's the bigger problem? Why is this happening? Um, and, you know, dug deeper, you know, with the help of other people on Law Job Exchange and figured out that, you know, there were, there was discrimination, there was also misunderstanding of the, um, the education, or the skills that they're bringing to the table, whether they were, you know, equivalent or not, etc. Um, so for me, I always have had since then a passion with helping internationally trained lawyers to access the market. And Mm -hmm. with Legal Career Coach uh, specifically, uh, working with um, a lot of my clients specifically on branding and marketing Mm -hmm. and putting themselves out there. I think that's the number one thing, the number one piece of advice that I have that has been helpful for my clients is putting yourself out there and actually using social media to your advantage mm-hmm. for to, for the legal community to jump in and help you in in the in the in a way that you know is very powerful, right? Yeah. Um, so I'll give you just a, an example. One of uh, someone that was referred to me, uh, she was trained in Jamaica, was a very successful IP uh, trademarks lawyer in Jamaica, and handled international portfolios. Right. Mm. So that means not just Jamaica, the world, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the largest brands. And so you know, she moved to Canada, did her NCAs, the whole bit, uh, completed everything in like under two years because she was very motivated to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, call to the bar, finds an articling position because she decided, hey, you know what, like I want to article just to get that um, experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, COVID hits and two weeks in, they let her go. Uh-huh. So she was referred to me uh, and someone from a, a lawyer who was not internationally trained, who was just trying to help her and said, hey, we have this great lawyer, you know, she's got this great experience, but you know, she's doesn't have a job anymore. The original job she had was not even in IP, it was like civil lit. So completely different. 
Um, huh. Not what she wanted, but she was like, hey, whatever, you know, I gotta, I gotta eat. <laughs> I yeah, gotta. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I had, um, I told her, I said, you know, I had a chat with her and I'm like, your experience is incredible. I just, the firms don't understand what you've done because mm-hmm. you are actually so humble and you're not putting yourself out there and showcasing these skills like international, um, you know, actually handling an international trademark portfolio. Some Canadian lawyers don't even get to do that. They usually right. just manage Canada and that's it, right? right. Um, so I, yeah, I decided to just go ahead and introduce her to someone I knew that was hiring and, uh, you know, she got the job. Like that wow. was it, really. There was, yeah. I mean, so so the moral of the story is putting yourself out there, asking people like myself, Lisa, or, you know, yourself, Anton, <laughs> who has been through this, like, you know, who should I be speaking to? And like, you know, just not being afraid to ask for introductions. I think most people will be uh, helpful for the most part, like 95% of the legal profession is going to want to help. Um, And putting yourself out there, like posting articles on your expertise and kind of where you shine and just, uh, you know, using social media to your advantage. And it's probably not the advice that people expect to hear, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's what's worked uh, in my experience uh, working with internationally trained lawyers is like just going that extra mile. Right. Yeah. And what, what do your, just as you're talking, I mean, I'm interested in in whether or not you have much experience in what law firms or companies that dabble in, let's say, compliance, things like that, um, where internationally trained lawyers may look for for employment. How what's their view on sort of video CVs, or is it beneficial for a candidate who's open to an opportunity? Let's say, if we're using a LinkedIn phrase, open for opportunities. Yes. yes. Um, to vlog, like video blog. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's extremely powerful. Again, your yeah. peers are probably like Lita and you, Ottawa. You know, domestically trained lawyer is probably not doing that yeah. <laughs> because they're they're just kind of taking you know the opportunities for lack of a better word maybe for granted a little bit like mm-hmm. you know just the the traditional process of OCIs etc. Right, like it's yeah. just very streamlined kind of thing. Um, anything you can do to set yourself apart will help. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like um, you know in, in compliance specifically, if you're looking at uh, the banking industry. For example, they're not exactly the most, you know, well, in some ways, they're very innovative in Canada, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of receiving like video CVs and things like yeah. that, like they're not as open, I would say. Right. Um, they have a very strict sort of like application process, which is um, really not doesn't really represent like how innovative they actually are internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say for those larger corporations, it may not really make an impact, but some of the smaller sort of like mid-sized firms or startups, like they will love that. They will love yeah. that. If they would prefer that over reading a resume. hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think even like it, it, it's sort of in my mind serves a twofold purpose. One is to, um, market yourself to firms, but also the other. And in my experience, you know, with some of the people, even that I've interviewed on this podcast, you market yourself to your peers and yes. you become, you know, because we're all, you know, if, if you think of an NCA candidate, everybody's sort of in the same quote unquote class. Um, if yep. you're taking exams within the one to three year range of each other. So, you know, you're growing together in the Canadian legal marketplace um, from then on really. So marketing yourself and creating those 
those peer-to-peer contacts is what well, I can only imagine so valuable moving forward because, you know, different practice areas, different opportunities for referrals, things like that. Again, again, the other, you know, thing is uh, there are some lawyers who have now been established for quite a while who have been through this path, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, tap into that as well. You have great organizations out there who already kind of do some of the work for you. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you can still, uh, you know, reach out to people and the, in the legal industry who have been through that and who who will be happy to help you. I mean, I had uh, someone recently who I introduced, um, she was looking for a job for quite a while. She was a US-based lawyer or had been a lawyer in the US for a long Mm -hmm. time. And I said, hey, I know someone who, you know, studied in the US and who is now, you know, extremely successful. Let me introduce them to each other. They have something they can, you know, they can relate on. And again, like that introduction proved, you know, fruitful, like he didn't hire her, but he knew someone who was hiring and he, you know, introduced her. So once again, finding that common ground, as you said, you know, with your peers as well is, is very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, Lisa, if we sort of rewind back to law job exchange Hmm. that's been created and and I suppose you start to think a little bit differently about where your career is going. Like, you know, you're helping other people and right. then you start to think, maybe I'm pretty good at this. Like what, <laughs> <laughs> and then, so what happens next? Yeah, I, so strangely, strangely enough, employers started reaching out to me after mm. they heard about Long Job Exchange. And I said, oh, wow, I don't know what you, I don't know anything. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but I knew more than I, than I thought. Um, and so we started getting a lot of interest from different employers, including kind of the big firms as well, uh, and, uh, in sharing their opportunities with our audience. Um, and that's when I started to think, okay, well, maybe I have something here. Uh, there obviously is a need for this, uh, you know, this community. Um, and then, you know, started to get interest in actually helping with recruiting, which I had no idea that right. someone with a legal background would even, you know, consider. So um, I discovered this whole world of uh, former, you know, of law graduates who work in recruiting. Uh, and you could find them at all of the, you know, legal recruiting agencies. They're all lawyers for the most part. Really? Um, who, yeah, yes. Yeah. So if, you, if you take a look at any of these, like, uh, you know, the, the large ones that you would mm-hmm. know, um, you'll notice almost every recruiter is a lawyer. So huh. that's a, a whole other world you might want to explore if yeah. you're listening um, and you're interested in HR and recruitment. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty common path now, but it wasn't when I, when I was starting out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I took on some mandates without really, to be honest, knowing what the heck I was doing. I was like, I don't know, how do people do this? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I successfully managed to place quite a few people from Law Job Exchange, um, you know, I, and I got paid for it as well, right? The employers would pay me to help them actually uh, with first interviews and just filtering through resumes because they would get hundreds of them. And, right. you know, they needed help with that. Um, I didn't have any fancy you know, applicant tracking systems or anything like that. It was just an Excel spreadsheet, et cetera. Um, but that opened up a whole other world for me of like, wow, I can actually help people uh, in a more um, practical way and, and get them to land that job. So um, long, long story short, you know, I did this, I started doing this really seriously on my first mat leave almost four years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in that time, uh, I was uh, headhunted by Shopify to do it for them. So I, you know, I obviously 
putting myself out there with Law Job Exchange really helped. So what we talked about, putting yourself out there, right. uh, you know, Shopify noticed uh, and they asked me if I was interested in helping them, you know, build their legal and finance teams. And that's what I, I've been doing ever since. What, a, what an interesting path. And I think that sort of goes, I mean, what's interesting that I'm learning is that the traditional quote unquote route to practice and, you know, living your life is not so traditional. It seems yeah. like the untraditional is now the new norm. Is the new norm. And, and you know what I have to say, um, going with, you know, with the flow a little bit is okay. Right. So often in law school, whether that's in Canada or abroad, like we're just really conditioned to follow this particular path. And if we, you know, try to go left or right a little bit, it's like, yeah. oh, no, no, that's way too risky. So I think I'm probably proof that, um, you know, trusting your, your gut and just, tr- you know, trying something, it, it, is, it will work out in the end, right? Like it's meant to work out kind of the way it is. And so I, I really believe in that because trust me, like if you f- rewind back to first year, there's no way on earth I would have thought, hey, I'm going to do, you know, legal recruiting at Shopify. Like how would I have ever thought Mm -hmm. that right um here i was you know hoping to fight you know for artist rights yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and i I still i still love that and i still support artists but you know it's it's different now yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's i wonder like what happened in your um journey from law law job exchange and your experiences in in recruitment and now your your new project or mm-hmm. i suppose yeah it is really new um legal career coach yes um yes. can you t- tell me a little bit i mean for, for me just thinking out loud it makes sense you know like um, yeah. we're talking a lot about tips and you know video blogs and what's the right who's the right audience for that and how do you you know i'm sure there's a lot of things that go into it but i wonder what led to that for you and what ambitions do you have for that project yeah, so basically, uh, I effectively have been giving advice to people for the past, you know, seven or eight years. Um, but uh, when I joined Shopify, I actually got a chance to see what happens, right? When the resume lands into the uh, recruiter's inbox, like mm-hmm. what are the steps that get you the job? I in- I've interviewed, you know, um, well, I've interviewed honestly well over almost like 2,000 people at this point. I'm not exaggerating. Wow. Um, so I've seen how people are in an interview setting. Um, I've seen, you know, more than thousands of resumes and cover letters. So I've seen the good ones, the ones that are okay, the bad ones, yeah. all of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, um, all of that combined, I, th- I realized I had kind of a unique opportunity to offer that advice to um, to the audience, you know, to Law Job Exchange and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I checked in with Shopify, I asked them if they were okay with me doing this. And they said, yeah, go for it, whatever. We don't care uh-huh. as long as you're happy. Um, <laughs> and so uh, they let me kind of run with this uh, as like kind of my side hustle. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's been really fulfilling to actually be able to share the tips and tricks with people and to see results, right? Mm-hmm. Just like sometimes it's just a tweak. It's just like a different way of looking at how you draft that dreaded cover letter right, right. <laughs> um, or even how you will just completely forgo the cover letter. And as you said, just go ahead and record a, a video uh-huh. instead. Um, it's been, it's been very rewarding. Uh, and to be honest, I learned so much myself as a recruiter in some ways I was shocked at some of the, you know, um, 
the information that I learned, like for instance, just a quick one, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you see a job posted uh, online and you're like, okay, the deadline is next Friday. So I'm going to make sure I get that in by next Friday. Right. Mm -hmm. What, what I realized is that what actually happens is I post that job application starts coming in. The recruiter is already starting to call people yeah, day yeah. one, maybe yeah. day two. Um, if you wait till the last minute, there, there's a very, you know, your chances start to decrease because, well, yeah. you're really going to have to blow them away by the end of that week. Mm -hmm. So just little things like that make a huge impact on, on uh, people's lives just to understand the process and what happens behind closed doors. So that's, that's why I decided to, to launch this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it sounds really great. And I, I mean, I've spoken to like, like you, I, I guess when you're in the space like you and for you it's you know legal recruitment you start to learn all these things that you never thought you'd learn and you never thought would be useful to you in your job but for me it's you know to speaking to i haven't launched the podcasts yet but i have launched the one with deborah wolf from the nca i mean i've got yes um the ceo of cplaid dr mitchell bork upcoming and then gina alexandris from the lpp at ryerson um Gina. yeah that's everybody says that <laughs> gina is everybody's <laughs> best friend which is great and i love i mean she's been really great to me yeah. um i remember you know for people who well, everybody must know by now but i started the toronto school of management's nca prep program and gina really did me a service by really grilling me on on the validity of the program and is it actually going to help and what makes it different and it really helped you know like she yeah. and then at the end of it at the end of the call she's like you know I, I was really impressed but I I hope you understand why I had to do that because there's a few players in the space that are you know anyway we won't get into that but right right I know where you're going with that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so so but what I was going to say is like speaking to all these people you kind of gain this sort of pseudo expertise um, that you never thought you would gain. Right. And, and yeah. then you feel sort of this, this real passion to disseminate that in, in a really good way, because you were saying, and it's so important, it's part of the reason why Gina grilled me, and it's a real focus of mine too. It's, it's, there's a lot of tips and hints out there, mm -hmm. but results matter too. You know, right. like these are people's lives and it, it, that's the most fulfilling part of it all is you know that the the monetary gain or financial gain is one thing but they're seeing the results of a successful um applicant you know who goes through legal career coach let's say and and finds you know their dream position or for me it would be you know successfully completing the exams and gaining yeah. employment um i think that's really important i think that's what i i, I mean i i assume that's what keeps us both going. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, uh, you know, starting this project, um, it, you know, I, I struggled to be honest with you, even just pricing my services because I was like, I just want to help everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, and my husband was like, Hey, that's cool. But you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you have a lot of very valuable information to share. And of course I've kept it, you know, um, I think pretty competitive and everything, but I don't, I, I definitely don't do this for, for financial gain because mm -hmm. if I did, you know, I'd be, I'd be priced pretty differently, but it's really just, um, a way for me to actually stay in touch with 
you know, law students, the legal community, yeah. and keep and just share whatever I can, whatever knowledge I have to help them out as best as possible. And, you know, anyone who's worked with me knows that, you know, if they book a session with me, uh, it's not over, I'm still going to be bugging them and sending them tips and tricks after right. it's all over and done, right? It's, uh, I'm very invested in kind of where they end up and, and what they end up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like a long term relationship with me, basically, <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you kind of sign up with me. So yeah, that sounds great. So I mean, from my, um, and I guess we'll, we'll sort of wind down now, Lisa, um, but from my own interest, and I know for the internationally trained lawyers, for instance, I had a call with, I mean, her first name's Maria earlier today. And she was, she's from Peru and she's interested in coming to Canada to practice. She's got a few things, a few concerns, um, you know, timing of, of visa applications and she doesn't want to run out of time from a post-study work permit, you know, so there's a lot of things anyway. But one of the concerns, obviously not one, the major concern is finding employment. And she's asking me for advice, you know, like how, how do you build a network? Cause she's from Peru and has nobody here. And so um, she's, you know, so I mentioned some organizations. So I think it would be really cool. I mean, cause I get, I do get questions like this. So it would help me to help, you know, say, Hey, get in touch with Lisa. This is what she does. So let's maybe take Maria who's from Peru Mm -hmm. and she's um, you know, she's got, let's say two to five years of experience practicing law and it's a civil law jurisdiction. Um, So she's practicing law, but she's completed her NCA requirements and she's just passed the bar and she's open to opportunity. Let's say she's got civil litigation as, as her practice area. And, and I mm-hmm. say, Leeds is the person to go to. Mm-hmm. So what happens next? Yeah, so obviously, so I've had actually a few clients who have come from a civil uh, civil law jurisdiction. So particularly mm-hmm. one comes to mind, I think it was Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, so she had already kind of done a little bit of the legwork in the sense that she actually worked for um, a criminal defense lawyer just to kind of get experience. So she mm-hmm. interned with him. It was a paid internship, of course. Right. Um, and even though it was not particularly exactly what she did back home, uh, it just gave her an actual kind of taste of, you know, what is what is day-to-day life like in a firm, right? right? Um, so one of the things that I would recommend right off the bat is number one, finding uh, your community. So whether that's, uh, you know, NCA, uh, your NCA community, or even Peruvian community, right? Yeah. Okay, let's find, let's, that's what I would say. I would say, let's find who are the kind of prominent Peruvian lawyers in mm-hmm. Canada who have that background. Um, there's a really big uh, point in common right there, you know, from a cultural perspective. And let's see um, if they can kind of give you a hand to start, like just to give you a little bit of an edge. And you will also feel comfortable with them, right? They'll relate to you, you'll relate to them, et cetera. So uh, for myself coming from, you know, the Greek community, that's the first thing I did when I moved to Ottawa, I knew no one. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, it's, I'm, I'm in, from Canada and it's not even remotely the same thing moving from Montreal to Ottawa. Um, but I did feel pretty alone. So the first thing sure. I did was reach, reach out to the Greek community. Uh, like Gina is a great example of, of uh, someone that I've known since I moved to Ottawa. And I joined the Hellenic um, Lawyers Association. And that opened up a whole bunch of doors for me without, like, I really didn't have to do much, uh, just attending their events uh, and interacting and networking. So from a networking perspective, 
I would try to find, it may not be, you know, Peruvian, it could be South American, right? Just more general, uh, Lori's Association or something like that, and connect with um, those individuals. That's the first step. Uh, second step is, you know, the elusive uh, Canadian experience. Where do I get it if no one wants to give it to me? Right. Um, so uh, like my client, uh, I would uh, definitely consider doing some cold calls and reaching out uh, to people who uh, are practicing. It doesn't even have to be in areas that are particularly of interest to you, but yeah. just for you to get your feet wet. Um, and the other piece is obviously, if you work with me, I will introduce you to anyone and everyone that I think can help you. So mm. it's like, it's a combination of finding uh, your community um, to start the networking process and not being afraid to ask for introductions, like from someone like myself, uh, and then just dipping your toe, starting to slowly dip your toe um, in uh, practice areas where people are willing to hire you on as an intern, even if it's for a couple weeks on a project, on a file. Um, often, like I placed somebody with a family lawyer who just needed help with a trial, for mm. example. And he just needed somebody to sit there and help him, you know, sift through tons and tons of documents. But that's like another piece now on this person's resume of uh, Canadian experience, right? So I would say that would be my strategy for, for your, uh, your contact is to kind of find her, 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 um, her people and then uh, build sort of that networking strategy with her from that point forward. Yeah, I think so important and, and something to not be ignored. Um, again, you know, this, I feel like, there are some elements of this podcast that are repeatable, and the first, and one of them is, it's not just about the exams. It um, isn't. The, no. it, I mean, the way that it is, I cannot, and I can completely understand the anxiety that goes into, oh my God, what if I fail the accreditation exams? Wow. But yes. you know, you know, like it, it's just something that you're you're confronted with first off. You know, like pass these exams or else. You know, and- well, you know what? Here's the thing. Even you can talk to this is very taboo, but a lot of uh, you know Canadian trained lawyers have failed the bar exams. I failed the sure. Quebec bar exams. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with discussing it. Anyone who wants to hop on a call, I could tell you all about my adventure. Um, so you know, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, most people who take it again will succeed, right? So. Right. Uh, it's, it's just kind of keeping your eye on the prize and it can be difficult, you know, when you're just trying to survive and and things like that. But, um, again, that sense of community will be very important in ensuring, uh, your success in general. So make sure that you surround yourself with people who, you know, are supportive and positive. Amazing. That's great advice. Lisa. I'll, I'll include, um, law job exchange, the Facebook group, the legal career coach. Um, your LinkedIn bio, there's lots to include here because um, building community, building your brand and exploring, you know, what tips, hints, strategies can be given to you in, ter- in, ha- in how to, you know, build your own personal brand in this space is so important. And um, I really appreciate the time, Litsa. It's been um, really helpful, really useful um, to get your perspective on the legal recruitment space, to get your perspective on the job marketplace and what it's looking like now, which sounds really exciting. You know, Toronto, mm-hmm. for those who are interested in in coming to Toronto or residing in Ontario, Canada, it's a huge tech startup kind of hub. You know, they had Next Canada, which is, you know, an innovative um tech startup hub and there's op- lots of opportunities to 
use your transferable skills. Um, and so I'm interested, Lisa, we talked about everything from your interest in the music industry to wanting to help artists to helping people when you're at U Ottawa, you know, uh, find cool jobs and then starting <laughs> your own projects and working with Shopify. All of that being said, if you told the 23-year-old Lisa that this is where you'd end up today, how would you mm-hmm. feel about that? How would, how would that Lisa feel about it? <laughs> Uh, I would pro- uh, probably the first word that comes to mind is uh, surprised. <laughs> yeah. um, surprised, but happy, I think would be, mm-hmm. would be what I would feel about, about what's, what's happened. And, uh, you know, I was very much the type of person that I, I, you know, I had a plan in mind and that was all I needed to do. And if it deviated the plan, then it was considered failure. Um, but I have definitely changed and grown through the years. Uh, and really embraced, you know, kind of uh, the randomness of life. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I think I'd be pretty pleased with that, how everything has, uh, has worked out. Great. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know that many, like you said, you've interviewed over 2,000 candidates. You've helped, I'm sure, hundreds, if not thousands, to find their place in Canada um, in, the, in the legal or otherwise workplace so I'm sure everybody else is really happy that you ended up where you ended up and you went through everything you went through because um, everybody's benefiting. And, and I really wish you a lot of success with well, obviously continued success with Law Job Exchange, um, your role within Shopify, but also the new project, Legal Career Coach. I think it's got a lot of legs. I think it's really, really useful. And I think given my, my conversations with some of the key stakeholders, um, the NCA and even the assessments of the, the individual society, law societies in Canada are moving more towards competency-based assessments, which is more about you know, how you can showcase your skills in, let's say, a cover letter. How, how is your legal writing? How, is, you know, how effective is your communication skills? So... I think there's a lot of likes there, Lisa. I'm really excited to see where that goes. And um, yeah, thanks again for agreeing to be on today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I really uh, just want to say quickly how um, important I think this podcast is. Uh, Mm. And, uh, you know, I will, I want to kind of spread the word because I think, um, you know, even for people who are domestically trained, just listening to different stories, different backgrounds, uh, really helps kind of enrich your own path. So yeah, congrats to you for, for starting this. Thanks, Lisa. I appreciate that. And, and we'll follow up. Maybe, Lisa, you'll be a, a semi-regular guest. Okay, <laughs> sounds great. Anytime. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's it for episode 15 of A Shot of Life. Thank you again to Lisa for taking part in the podcast. I know she's so busy with, you know, two of the, the startups that she has, plus working for Shopify and managing a young family. So, um, you know, I know that myself and hopefully you, the listener, really, really took a lot from the podcast. I mean, she's got a lot of experience. And um, as is kind of the theme of this podcast series, the NCA exams and the bar exams and getting called is one thing to call yourself, you know, a barrister and solicitor in the province of Ontario is great. But then, you know, the hard slog of trying to find that perfect job comes. And um, it takes people like Lisa to provide some clarity and some motivation and some hope 
that everybody can get that job that they're looking for. So I'll provide the links to her companies in the description of this podcast so that everybody can get in touch and find out how she can help you. Uh, thanks again, Lisa, And until next time, we'll talk again. Mm-hmm.